Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, also known as the Food Dude. Chef Pantone has been serving up amazing meals and desserts at some of the finest hotels and restaurants in New York City, Miami, and Palm Beach for most of his life. Now let's head into the kitchen with What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. Joel Malkin here hanging out with my friend and yours, Chef David Pantone, the Dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Good afternoon. Great to be in the kitchen. Uh, it is really great because uh, after a series of shows with food that uh, my picky butt won't eat, <laughs> we actually have some stuff in the, in the studio. We've got uh, chocolate chip cookies here. <laughs> And we have uh, challah, which uh, we were talking about. Uh, some people call egg bread. Sure. Which uh, God bless them. They yeah, can... me and my Jewish friends, uh, we don't like that too much. It's challah, challah, C H A L L A H. I believe. That's a. I'm proud I'm of eating, you. I actually, I'm, I'm eating some already. So. While I do that, <laughs> Chef Pantone, tell us what this show is all about. My friends, you know the show is all about food, glorious food, cooking and eating, healthy eating, food in the news, food events in our local community in Florida, food education, tips and techniques, superfoods, all things to do with food and fun. You know, because in my world, food is everything. It's art, it's science, it's culture, it's entertainment. It's my passion. What's on today's menu? Oh, what we've got our, uh, for our, our amuse-bouche we have. That's our, our first little hors d'oeuvre, a compliment from the chef. We have one of my great graduates, Isaac Cerny from Pistache Restaurant, Pistache French Bistro. And um, on Clamata Street, we're going to talk about some cool things in the industry and his restaurant. Very awesome. We've got our weekly superfood. We'll spin the big wheel and see what we're going to talk about there. The main course, the chef lesson of the day, is going to be modern French bistro cuisine. That's why Isaac's here, right? Put two and two together. We've got a short tale from the chef's table. little story of mine. I can't believe it is butter as opposed to, <laughs> right? I can't believe it's not butter. I still remember the uh, the old commercials. What's his name? Fabio. I can't believe it's not butter <laughs> spray. I don't know if I can do the story with that accent there, yeah, but I, I could try. We have a question from a listener about umami. Joey, we, we did something on umami. It was uh, mentioned in our uh, fish sauce when we did That's right. uh, okay, I remember sushi, Thai. I remember the, the word. There's no reason I would know umami. Otherwise, And a little bit later, you're going to know a lot about it. How wonderful is that? For dessert, we have a multi-flight of desserts with some things that are cooking at Lincoln Culinary Institute, some events in the community, uh, cooking lessons, all kind of great little tidbits and tips in a food news story. All right. So let's get on with it uh, and introduce our guest here. It is uh, Chef Isaac Cerny, and he works at Pistache, Pistache. Tomatoes, tomatoes, however you want to call it, the uh, French Bistro on Clematis in West Palm. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, I think he needs a bell. He needs a ring. Just I'm for just saying thank you? Just okay. Well, for being here. For being yeah, here I appreciate today. that. Um, Isaac, thank you. Thank you for bringing some of this. I'm assuming some of these uh, breads and foods uh, came from your restaurant. Uh, yes, everything did, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, you guys see we have some brie here. We so that's do something have you, some brie. Now, I guess that's, I never thought about it. I guess that's a French, that, that's a French or, or originated uh, item. Uh, yeah, brie is a very popular cheese in France. And that's yeah. one of the, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's one of the, um, uh, that's one of the cheeses that they, they melt and you often you'll dip like fruit in. I know they have a fondue thing too, but I remember as a kid, we did the thing with brie and my sister sure. would take apple and, and she'd put brie cheese on it, it right? It was great yeah, it with goes fruit. really like good that. with fruit, uh, different grapes. Okay. Now, we don't have melted. And even by itself, here. though, it's an amazing well, cheese. I'm, gonna, I'm actually yeah. going to taste that later. There's no seafood I'm saving it, the so bell gonna... until you actually do it. Uh, well, you have a pretty cool story, uh, Chef Cerny, Isaac. Uh, you mind if I call you Isaac? Of course. All right. Uh, I should say also, by the way, we have uh, Gabby here, one of our interns here at WJNO. Welcome, Gabby. Gabby, scream hello. Hello. There she is. Good. All right. Straight from Venezuela. Well, she's been here a few years, but... Uh, uh, born and raised in, in Venezuela, hanging out with us. So uh, maybe. Her parents are both chefs, too. Oh, her parents and her parents are chefs. You got a lot of chefdom in this room with you, Joel. This yeah. is the test. So we uh, maybe if we have some time, we'll talk to her. And we'll definitely let her eat some of this food and see what she thinks. So, uh, uh, yeah, tell us a little more about your story. 
Um, what, well, what, what did you, what gave you what gave you the chef bug? Where did you get the uh, Where did you get that? Because uh, you're you're a graduate from Lincoln Culinary Institute, uh, one of uh, one of the dean's students here. Um, so what what got you interested in that? I really just always enjoyed cooking for my family and friends. Uh, my dad liked to cook a lot, and I would always watch him cooking. And was um, he a, was he a professional chef? He was not a professional chef. He always just did it. In his spare time, you know, just something for fun. And you saw he got pleasure out of it. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what uh, sometimes uh, links us to it. So you, you went to uh, Lincoln Culinary, or at the time it was called Florida Culinary Institute, of course, um, at the age of 24. What were you doing before that uh, professionally? Just keep, uh, bouncing around between different retail jobs, really not doing anything. An American kid? Pretty much. Yeah, right. nothing wrong with that. But you finally, at 24, decided, let me do something about this love of mine and uh, enrolled in the school. And you got your first big break in 2007. Tell me about that. Uh, I went to work for uh, Chef Zach Bell. He gets a ring. Cafe Balloon in uh, Palm Beach. Um, it was a pretty eye-opening experience. I, uh, I never really worked in a kitchen before that. And you know, I went straight from culinary school to, like, one of the top it's a five stars in the, you know, South Florida, uh, and it was uh, it was pretty serious. It was not not quite what I was expecting. Zach didn't hold your hand too much. Uh, and no, not really. Yeah, more like smack your hand. Smack your hand. Hardcore. <laughs> That's how that we learn thing? sometimes. Is that a good thing. Some of us uh, need to learn now. that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the standards are so high at that place that you you know you, you got to he's got to stay on top That's of still everybody. Still in business. Cafe Balud, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, fine, fine establishment. Um, and that's right in Palm Beach on the island, you said. Yeah. Uh, so you said it was the first time working in a, a, a quote-unquote kitchen. Obviously, you worked in your own kitchen at home. What uh, What is, was the biggest smack to reality of working in uh, an official, uh, you know, uh, a professional kitchen versus, you know, just cooking at home for fun? Uh, in that kitchen, probably the, the sense of urgency that you had to have that I never really thought about um i mean in culinary school i was gonna say i'm sure they trained you for it yeah but once you have to do it and you're being screamed at like in the spot and and you're making amazing food very quickly and perfectly that's uh that's a lot of stress a lot of pressure yeah that that was definitely good training it's like boot camp yes all right um and how long have you been over there at uh pistache french bistro uh it'll about three and a half years now Okay. All right. And uh, you started, what, as a line cook? Yep. I uh, saw an ad on Craigslist. They were looking for some line cooks. I uh, sent my resume over, went in, did a stage, which is like a tryout, and um, got the job. I did that for a few weeks and then got promoted to sous chef. And that's that's what you are now? Uh, now I'm chef de cuisine. I, uh, what does that mean? You're pretty much the guy that's in charge of the kitchen. Um, so the, now, now, um, Chef Pantone, we talk about uh, executive chef, and so right. many people that you have in have the title executive chef. Is this basically the same job without that title, is, or is there an executive chef above you? There's not an executive chef in our restaurant group. Usually the executive chef will be the, the head person in charge of multiple outlets, and then you'll have a chef de cuisine at each restaurant that actually runs the restaurant day by day. Um, we just have uh, chef de cuisines. Uh, Aaron Black, the yeah. chef that was on here last week, yeah. right. he's at our sister restaurant, PB Catch. Um, and we're pretty much the only two, actually. Yeah, I got to correct you for a second there. You said the word just the chef de cuisine. You don't have to say the word just there. The chef de cuisine is awesome. Now, is it du- in charge is that of all the food and is everything. Is that a DU? Is that a chef de cuisine, chef de cuisine? What is it? DE. Oh, D-E. So chef of, like chef of right. cuisine. And he mentioned sous chef before. Sous means under, S-O-U-S. Okay. Under. Uh, so the sous chef is under the chef de cuisine. Yes. And above the cooks. So you've gone, you, you've steadily there. climbed in what, three, you said three years, three or so years? Yeah. You've climbed from a line cook to the sous chef to the, ba- basically the, the top chef. Exactly. Absolutely. At some point, we don't really care what you call us because we're sure. doing what we love and we know what we're doing and the title doesn't really matter so much. Right, right. I used to be the corporate executive chief pot washer when I was <laughs> about 16 years old because I decided that's what I was. 
Um, all right, we're going to talk a little bit more about you. We want to, of course, talk about uh, Pistache French uh, Bistro there on Clematis in West Palm Beach, and uh, we're going to do that. Uh, we are first, though, going to spin the big wheel of super. Well, you're going to spin all right. the uh, big wheel of superfoods, and we're going to do all of that coming up right after this on What's Cooking Palm Beach. If that sound gets your motor running, it's time for a career with a little extra horsepower. Lincoln College of Technology is now enrolling for hands-on automotive technology training. Learn the skills that can help you launch an automotive career today. Visit LincolnEDU.com. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach on WJNO. Joel Malkin here with the show all about food and Mr. F- well, no, you're not Mr. Food. There's already... Well, I'm the food dude. Now. The food dude. Uh, <laughs> David Pantone, Dean of Students there at Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm. Uh, of course, we also have uh, Chef Isaac uh, Cerny from Pistache uh, French Bistro on Clematis in West Palm. We're going to talk more about your restaurant in a little bit, sir. But uh, first, you're going to spin the wheel of superfoods. But uh, our chef, uh, well, our head chef here. At, oh, I'll be the kitchen. executive chef. Oh, Our executive chef nice. in this kitchen. He's going to tell us what superfoods are, what, what the deal Thank is. Thank you for asking. One of my favorite subjects, we were talking about um, uh, heavy chefs and light chefs. Guess what? We can all be healthy chefs if we eat superfoods. So the superfoods are a list of foods that are, are good for us. I was going to Cal- say super. Super duper <laughs> calorie for calorie, ounce for ounce. They are jam-packed with vitamins and or minerals and phytonutrients, omega-3 fatty acids, fiber, all of these wonderful things that are going to uh, help us to to fight diseases, feel great, live long, maybe forever. Live long and prosper. Very good. To fit into the Chef Pantone list of superfoods, they, there are three criteria. One is they have to be nutrient-dense, right? So... Like we said, calorie for calorie, jam-packed with goodness and greatness. They also need to be affordable and available, right? Why would I put on a list something that you have to travel halfway around the world and spend your life savings to buy? There are superfoods like that, but they're not on my list. I want you to be able to run out to the store, buy these things, and start enjoying the health benefits of them immediately. Cool? All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Let's get going with the... uh Superfood and find out what the superfood of the week is. Uh, Chef Cerny, Isaac, you ready to uh, spin that big wheel? It looks ready. pretty strong. You feeling good this I'm afternoon? I'm feeling great. Excellent. Spin that All wheel. Right, let's go. All right. Lentils. Wow. One of my favorites. Heard of love. Them. You've heard of lentils. Heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, lentils are a little seed from a uh, bushy plant, an annual plant. In the, uh, they are lens-shaped, like your contact lens, like your eye lens, lens-shaped. That's where they get the name lentil. I always thought they were beans of some sort. I'm okay with you thinking that. Uh, so they are the seed part. <laughs> all right, they're all kind of in the same. They're in the legume family, so mm-hmm. that's good for you too. Legume is a huge superfood word. You need to know that word. Eat your legumes. Right? They've been part of the human diet for 14,000 years, Joel. That's a long time. They come in lots of different colors. I brought a couple of different colors here for you. See if you can guess what this one is called. Yeah, what color got a, lentil? He's got an orange one that he's holding. It looks like fruity pebbles. Right. So the orange ones are called red lentils. Why are they not called I didn't orange? name them. Okay. For, okay. Maybe they were red at some point. But for so, it could be. Yeah, How about the these ones? What do you think these ones are called? The, uh, he's holding up some now that uh, look like little, um, uh, what are the nuts? Um, sunflower seeds. Okay. Like. We'll go with that. So what color are they? What are, what's their name? Sunflower. Okay. You're supposed <laughs> to say brown lentils. Oh, they're brown. Okay. No, but they're really green lentils. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know who named them. They got them a little bit backwards. The last lentils I have there are one of the prize-winning lentils, and I think that pistache has those on their menu, don't you, Chef? Oh, yes. They're Tell the, us. Uh, Le Puy lentils. Le Puy. Oh, what a fancy name that is, huh? Now, do those come out of France? Uh, the ones we use do, yes. Yeah, and these ones are uh, probably the same brand that you use, too, because that's the ones I use at home All right. and at the school. Now, how, how different do these three taste? Yeah, they each taste a little bit different, Tom. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the Lapui lentils are a little smaller. Um, they tend to hold their shape better when you cook them, and they have like a nice toothiness to them. They tooth, don't just they don't turn into toothiness, mush. right? Like al dente. Exactly. Al dente okay. is to the tooth. We talked about that when we talked about cooking pasta. So a nice toothiness as opposed to, let's take it the other way, a mushiness, right? Chefs yeah. don't like when our food gets mushy. That's just not the word that fits into our vocabulary. And uh, so we don't like mushy, but a toothiness is good. 
They are prized in chefdom as the best lentil. That's the one we all love. There's 40, 50 different kinds of lentils, but that, Le Puy, is uh, our, generally our favorite in especially a French restaurant. Yes. Right, so why are these on the superfood list? A couple of things. They love your heart. Uh, they're really, really great for your heart, for circulation. They're high in iron, and we need iron for energy um, production. And uh, they are very complex carbohydrates, so they burn off slowly. They have a very low glycemic effect. We need our carbohydrates. Whether you think you're on a low-carb diet or not, that's what makes the energy in your body. And uh, with a low glycemic effect, that means they're great, especially if you're watching your sugar and have diabetes. For, for fiber, right, fiber, they are an all-star fiber, like national championships in fiber. And uh, fiber is what we need to help everything move through our body in a timely manner and get out all the poisons in your body and let you refresh in that with all things that are good for your body. Huge in, um, hmm, I forgot how to say this word because they Molly, are. Molly Bedenim. Bedenim. Molly Bedenim. It's okay. something good. It's good for you. 330%. It, right on your periodic chart of elements. If you remember, they're a number 40. If you remember that from ninth grade class, very uh, a trace uh, mineral that you need, that you need, that you don't get from too many food sources. But our lentils are high in that. Folate, 90%. This is a cup of. A cup of lentils, about 230 calories, get 63% folate, plenty of copper at 56%, uh, phosphorus, manganese, iron, protein. One of the one of the wonderful things about them is they are uh, have great protein qualities, right? Just like a bean. Je- yeah, because they're in that lentil thing. Right. Or, I'm not lentil. Legume, in that legume. 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 Sure. That's our buzzword for the day. Legume, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, vitamin B12. Uh, oh, vitamin B. Just vitamin B. Vitamin B is 128%, pantothenatic acid, 25%, zinc, vitamin B6, potassium. Eat your lentils, my friends. Chef, tell us how you prepare your lentils at pistache. Um, Well, what we do, uh, first we we blanch them in boiling water. Uh, A lot of people skip that step, but it makes a huge difference in the, the final product. So we'll just we'll take them and blanch them in some boiling water and then rinse them off under cold water. And that tends to get all the, the broken grains that are in there off. It uh, rinses a lot of the starch off them. Uh, and then we'll just slowly cook them with some aromatics, some vegetables. Um, we use carrot, celery, and fennel. Uh, cover them with just enough water just to cover them and slowly cook them for about 20 minutes till they're nice and tender. Mm-hmm. Not too too blown away, but... You know, I still have a little bit of that toothiness. Toothiness. Exactly. <laughs> um, and just season them with a little bit of salt and pepper, and that's it. Pretty simple. And you serve them cold? You serve them hot? You have them a couple places on the menu, right? Uh, yes, we do. Um, we serve them with a, a Idaho trout dish. Uh, it's served hot. Uh, we do throw a little bit of lardone in there, which is actually bacon, just to make them taste even better. He said um, bacon. Oh, we love bacon around here. I'm sure. Everybody loves bacon. Uh, and then we do it with a piece of pork belly that we actually um, confit in duck fat. And then we serve it with the lentils with that as well. He's saying all kind of beautiful, <laughs> magical words, huh? At this moment, don't tell anybody, but I have, uh, I have some bacon curing in my house. Oh, yeah? I made a, a wet brine and two different dry brines. And uh, one's going for 14 days and the other two are going for about seven days. And I'll be smoking them in a couple of days. That's a party at my house. That's, that's pretty exciting. Awesome. Must have so, forgotten to send the invite. <laughs> uh, check your spam folder. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's look at just a, a few more of the types of lentils there are. As we, we looked at the, uh, the four here, uh, the three here that we have. Uh, some of the other ones, you have the small greens one, uh, green ones. The What do they call that? Eston green? Yes. How about that? Uh, layered are the large green lentils. Uh, you've got a masseur. The brown skin lentils, which are orange on the inside. Yeah, that's what these are. That's the brown. Okay, yeah. that's the masseur. From the, India. Uh, petite crimson red. Is that this? There is that you what go. we have here as yep, well? Yep, yep. You have the yellow slash tan lentils, which are red on the inside. Uh, and one I will not even try to pronounce with an M. Uh, they take <laughs> Mexican about, yellow lentils, yeah. Uh, they take about 10 to 40 minutes to cook, depending on the variety and size. And... Uh, they are used throughout South Asia, the Mediterranean regions, and West Asia, and obviously here as well. Beautiful. Um, yep. And at and at Panache. 
in West Palm Beach, um, and maybe in your, uh, in your Cafe kitchen. Cafe Protégé features them on one of the dishes at lunch right now. I had is, that uh, for at, yesterday. Yeah, the Lincoln Culinary Institute. You can go and, by the way, eat um, what the students make for you, and uh, it's part of their project, part of their grade, That's and uh, they also serve you. So you have the wait staff, the folks uh, taking your, your money, uh, the folks running the kitchen. All of them are all students. Everything right, is right, right. And it's right there on the uh, campus of uh, Lincoln Culinary Institute, uh, 45th Street. It is on the west side of 95. You're right like next door to uh, Cracker Barrel. That's a great neighborhood, yes. That's Oh, yeah. Nice to be next to Cracker Barrel. Um, let's just uh, really quick before we go to break, uh, some of the uh, recipes. And by the way, chefpantone.com is where you want to go to find all of these recipes in full uh, we don't have time in this show to go over the you know the whole recipe and cook one for you like they do on the Today Show, you know cook a whole a whole meal for you. Not today, but uh, but you can go to what's uh, what's or chefpantone.com and if you have uh, something you want to email, we'll be taking an email later. But uh, you have a question you want to email uh, chef, you can do that at what's cooking at chefpantone.com. So at the uh, website right now, you will see uh, a recipe for slow cooker. Curried lentils with chicken and potatoes. Right, a really easy one. Uh, a lot of people like their slow cooker. You throw this stuff in before you go to work, maybe. Or, or, or time you come folks home, like me, a, that's a crock pot. Right. I, know, I realize that's a brand name, but that's yeah, what we, yeah, 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 yeah. We but that's call the same. It it's kind of like you say Coke, and and you you, you know Pepsi. It's cola. It's the same kind of thing for me. Sure, slow cooker, crock pot. You call it what you like. Uh, if you put some good ingredients in there, it'll come out with something wonderful. I love curried lentils. Uh, just the whole seasoning of the curry goes well in there. Uh, it's got also uh, some yogurt in there that smooths out the flavors and seasoned with cilantro. Beautiful. And ginger's in there. We've got a balsamic glazed pork with lentils. Uh, meatiness and lentils go together very, very well. Salmon with warm lentil salad. That's what I had for lunch at Cafe Protégé yesterday. Beautiful uh, Atlantic salmon pan seared warm lentil salad with that. All good stuff up on the web- website. Yeah, that's uh, chefpantone.com. Uh, check that out. We're going to come right back on What's Cooking Palm Beach. We're going to talk to uh, Chef Isaac Cerny from Pistache in West Palm Beach. Also, of course, Chef uh, David Pantone, your dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute. And we have our intern, Gabby, here with us, too, who's going to be trying some food uh, during the show. So. She'll be your designated taster. How about that? Oh, looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, well, except for the challah, I'm eating yeah. that. And the, and the chocolate chip cookies. I got those covered. There you go. All right, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> Training in skilled trades like HVAC prepares you for careers that build America. Start now at Lincoln College of Technology. At their West Palm Beach campus, you can gain technical skills and practical knowledge in refrigeration fundamentals, residential climate control, basic electricity, and more. Visit LincolnEDU.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. Lincoln College of Technology for careers that Build America. Visit LincolnEDU.com today. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach on WJNO. Joel Malkin here with Dean Chef Pantone from the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm. We've got uh, also from West Palm Beach and a graduate of uh, Dean Pantone's. You like that, Dean Pantone? Do they call you that at the school? Some do. Yeah, you yeah, know, Dean Dean's my job. Chef's my life and passion. So, Chef Pantone. Something like that. Oh, anyway, okay. uh, uh, a graduate uh, is uh, Chef Isaac Cerny from uh, Pistache, and uh, it's a French bistro in West Palm. And what, what is your title again? Chef de cuisine. Chef de cuisine. That's beautiful, isn't I, it? Honestly, it's the first time I've heard that is today. Okay, never. But that's you know, good. I'm not. I'm not. Check it. He's in charge your, of all the food. I'm not. I hanging mean, out that's your about it, right? What else do you want to be in charge? Anything else you'd like to be sense. in charge of? Um, Payroll, labor, accounting. No, well, chef, I'm, I'm in charge good. of all the food. Is a pretty good place to be. Uh, we're, get it. We are uh, getting into your main <clears throat> course, Chef. Uh, your daily special, uh, contemporary French bistro cuisine. And before we get into all of that, let's let's talk some more about pistache French bistro, shall we? Please. Um, so it's a Parisian-style French bistro. Now, it's, uh, that means based on, I'm assuming, uh, the Paris, foods in Paris that you'd find in Paris versus other sections of France. Yes. That was a good guess, wasn't it? You're awesome. You like right that? on target. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so you uh, serve those foods infused with the vibrant taste of the Mediterranean. Give me this in English speak. Um, I think the, the whole Parisian part of it is... Um, Mainly like the ambiance that we have there, it, it's it looks like a old like nineteen twenties Parisian bistro. It's got 
uh, brass everywhere and uh, big red leather banquettes and um, the ambiance is very Parisian. Um, the food is obviously French. It's bistro. We do a lot of Mediterranean stuff. I would say, uh, you know, it's some of it's a lot of it's lighter. It's not not quite uh, so heavy like old classic French like you would think of. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we're in South Florida, so a lot of people, you know, they like to be able to go to the beach and you know still look good, right? And still eat good food. Now, pistache is, is considered the premier classic dining experience, of course, in downtown. Uh, West Palm Beach. This isn't just, uh, you know, like commercial speak or something. I mean, this is, you know, you you know, uh, Chef uh, Pantone, uh, folks who like to eat out and have some, you know, French cuisine like this, th- this is where they go. Pistache is the best place to go. I mean, fantastic. We have so many beautiful restaurants and wonderful restaurants and chefs in South Florida. Pistache is right up there at the top. Uh, Isaac does a, a fantastic job there. Uh, like he says, it's it's well, maybe I said it's contemporary French bistro. It's not. Uh, he uses some of the classics, and then he puts some of his own personality into it. Puts some contemporary techniques and ingredients into it, and uh, they just do an amazing job. Now, for folks like like me, and I, I realize I'm probably alone, um, but uh, who uh, you know may be new to trying new things. Um, and maybe new to understanding what's at a French bistro. Let's just go through some of the items that probably I'm guessing we'll not find. French fries. Well, wait, oh, no. French fries are huge. Please tell them what oh, your you number one fries. best. Oh, yeah. I was going to say French fries and French toast are probably not there, but you're going to tell me French <laughs> toast is there as we well. We have both. Oh my goodness! All right. No bell for you. Here I am. Here you I do. am thinking. Of course, we don't have French fries. They were invented in Belgium. Number and one seller. Right? Of all time, at pistache. Oh, yeah. We go through many, many French fries at pistache. Ste- traditionally comes with an amazing steak and beautiful fries. That's that's what's well, that's what you have at a French bistro. So See? Okay. Bistro is a different than a classical restaurant where the waiter's all stuffy and, uh, and the sauces are all rich and classical. Bistro's more like not a pub, but casual, where you can have really high-quality food without all of the pomp and circumstance, pretty much? Exactly. Yeah, that's the deal. So you have an amazing steak with amazing French fries, and um, that's that's the, the cornerstone of all bistro. And the French toast you have as well? The French toast we do have. We actually change it seasonally. Uh, right now we serve it with a nice peach compote now that we're getting into summertime. Uh, in the winter we'll go with like an apple compote or something with it. See, I figured you guys were going to laugh at me and go, those things aren't French. Let me throw just a little bit of history because that's where we learn where things come from. In France and most of Europe and Russia and everything, the only people that ever had any fine prepared food was the king, the czar, the uh, Marie Antoinette, all of these type of people. In France, uh, so they all had chefs and waitstaff and everything. Everybody else was kind of a peasant pretty much. Uh, at the French Revolution, when everybody lost their heads, so when your boss lost her head, you are an unemployed chef. So that's when they start moving into the public and opening up restaurants. That's where restaurants came from. Now you can't serve that same food to regular people, so we started opening up, we, not me, but bistros and things that are more affordable, but still making high-quality food with it uh, for those kind of people. And that's where the bistro comes in, and that's exactly what uh, pistache is, is like comfortable enough for anybody though uh, very very high quality i always thought the word bistro meant like a smaller restaurant like a smaller more homey place yeah it's developed into that it means casual means comfortable it means uh but it has a nice french word to it bistro all right um well you guys this is perfect timing because tomorrow is mother's day and if you're, you're thinking about, you know, where to where to take mom or if you're married and, you know, earlier this week we were having this discussion on the morning rush, uh, myself and, and uh, Brian Mudd. Uh, Brian doesn't have kids. He has a wife, but no kids. And I we were talking about best gifts for mom. And I said, or for your wife, if you have children. And I actually invited the listeners to get to Facebook as he said, well, no, no, you know, maybe from the kids. But no, 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 no. A wife is expecting something. <laughs> right to be treated to be pampered if if she's a mom of your children correct every day i believe yes but especially on mother's day oh of course all right so anyway good thing for mom or you know well the mom in your life the uh prefix meal at uh mother's day uh there at uh pistache you have uh, a prefix menu 
Uh, what does that mean to be prefix? Is it just it's it's just this is this is what it is. This is what's available, as opposed to uh, a full, uh, you know, being able to select everything off of the wide menu because it is Mother's Day. So you're yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's basically a, a choice of. It's usually three courses, and you get a choice of appetizer, a choice of entree, and a choice of dessert. Whereas a la carte, you can pretty much pick whatever you want off the menu. Yeah, and the price is the same. The price has been predetermined, prefixed. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so it, and it's a really good price. It's forty nine bucks. So for less than a hundred dollars, what a bargain! Yeah, for less than a hundred dollars, you could take mom or your honey uh, to dinner. You know, leave the kids at home, and you just go and enjoy yourselves mm-hmm. for. Uh, um, you know, obviously leave the kids with the babysitter if they're really young, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and have a really nice menu. So talk about some of the items on this uh, uh, Mother's Day menu. Uh, the, my favorite one, actually, is the roasted duck and waffle. It's kind of like a play on chicken and waffles. It's real popular <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of bring it up on a little notch to uh, make it a little more French, a little fancier. Um, yeah, see what he did there? That's what I'm talking about, the contemporary bistro right. cuisine. You won't really find that on any classical French Parisian bistro menu. No. So that's when you put your touch to it and the contemporary techniques and contemporary flavors. Love it. That's a nice little twist. Yeah, it's it's uh, really, really good. It actually takes three days to make the duck. Well, um, tell us about the duck. This is Now we're getting into what, what I wanted to talk about. Uh, we get whole ducks in. Um, what we do is we, we rub them down with a mixture of sugar and salt. Uh, we let them cure overnight in that. Uh, and then the second day, we uh, get a giant pot of water, and we uh, season it with different spices, um, star anise, cinnamon, clove, uh, a little bit of orange peel, and a lot of honey. And what we do is we bring it up to a boil, and we dip the ducks in, um, like three at a time, uh, pull them out, let them air dry, again for another day and what that does is really tightens the skin up on them um, and then we just slow roast them in the oven like 250 degrees for about three hours and they come out super tender super delicious that's beautiful that's the classical training and then putting it on the waffle uh, that's where your contemporary side comes in i love mm-hmm. how you're mixing it up like yeah, that. that's like the chicken and waffles and then yeah, yeah. here you go you guys are talking about the steak and fries and here it is did you call it uh, steak uh, what is that free taste steak frites Frites. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, tell me about that. You have the house-cut steak. And then what? What? how do you pronounce that word with fries? You don't call them French fries. No, they're called palm frites. What does that mean? Palm means potato in French. So they're fried potatoes. Frites means fried. Yeah, exactly. Right. Potatoes right. are called pomme de terre, which means apple of the earth. Right? First guy said, he dug them up and said, wow, these look like kind of like apples, but they're from underground. So pomme de terre, apple of the earth, pomme frites. Fried potatoes. Uh, the other one, you have uh, a salmon dish. Yes, it's a uh, salmon and croute, which basically means, and croute means um, like encrusted with bread. Um, in other cultures, they, they call it a salmon kulbiak. Um, I think it's big in like Russia and other exactly uh, right. Eastern European countries. You remember global cuisine very well. Good I, for I you. I do. <laughs> um, was, that a, was that one of the <laughs> classes there? At like you have Chef Carrero? Uh, Williamson. Okay, very good. That's yeah, a class we learn about food from all around the world. Um, and some of your appetizers that you have, now there's, uh, what, a total of about seven or eight entrees and, uh, I don't know, close to ten appetizers. And then there's dessert as well, all part of this for $49 for Mother's Day. Um, but uh, talk about a couple of the appetizers here, the roasted uh, golden beet salad. Yeah, the roasted golden beet salad, um, it's got a really good goat cheese mousse. Uh, we Pretty much just whip some goat cheese with a little bit of cream, just a tiny bit, just to lighten it up. Um, we put some grilled peaches on there, some Belgian endive, uh, and we top it with some toasted almonds and a honey and tarragon vinaigrette. All right, and then uh, you have one with tuna. Yes, we have a seared tuna crudo. Uh, we use a nice, fresh, local yellowfin tuna. Uh, we just sear the outside of it, so it's still pretty rare on the inside. Uh, slice it really thin, and we just serve it with a little avocado, some uh, charred scallions, some comfy bell peppers, a little bit of opal basil, which is just little purple basil, uh, a lemon aioli, and then we make some 
uh, fingerling potato chips just to give it a little texture, a little crunch to it. All right, and again, we're talking about the prefix menu for Mother's Day tomorrow over there at uh, Pistache. What, what, is the, uh, what are the hours of operation for tomorrow? Uh, we will be open from 11 to 3 for brunch. Okay, so that would be all right. So and that's what you. We have an afternoon menu after that from three to five thirty, and then right. we have a regular dinner. So the special one we were talking about is the the special a, brunch. Yeah, brunch it's going to be eleven to three. All right, that's a Mother's Day brunch. So get your mom or your honey out there. Nice. Uh, PistacheWPB.com uh, to uh, get you have the full menu up there. Folks can look at. Yeah, it's on our website. Right. And uh, P I S T A C H E WPB. Uh, dot com. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk some more, guys, about uh, the uh, main course, your chef's daily special. Now, this is um, contemporary French bistro cuisine, like at places like Pistache and others. That's why uh, Isaac's so here. Yep. Let's talk more about that. Great. So we think about classical French cuisine, right? And I just told you the history of that. And um, we usually think of words like rich, heavy, creamy, heavy sauces heavy fat like that, and uh, the world has changed, and the world is changing. Uh, contemporary French has become contemporary American. Contemporary cuisines are all the same. And for me, that contemporary word means that we're using modern ingredients, ingredients we couldn't get before. Sometimes they're even chemicals if we're doing cool stuff. And we're using modern equipment, and we're using modern techniques. So at Pistache Restaurant, some of the things that Isaac does are classical and then he adds either changes the modern ingredients, modern techniques, or modern uh, equipment to it. So let's talk about some of the modern uh, modern ingredients that were not available during classical cuisine. I think I listed a couple there, and I popped some of them right off of your menu. And um, we start out with you feature Prince Edward Island mussels, a couple of different places. Why would you pick a Prince Edward Island mussel for your menu? Uh, they're just they're really sweet. And they're very consistent, so they they definitely work well for something that you're going to have on the menu. Not the traditional mussel used in France and Paris and Lyon, but this one, for me, is even better, right? Yeah, it's a little bit smaller, um, a little bit sweeter, not not so strong of a taste. Um, Yeah, they they just work perfect for our our moules frites. Sure, an item like zucchini blossoms... Which, when you're growing them from your garden, you have to get them that day where the zucchini flower opens up, run in the house, and serve them. That's hard to do in a restaurant, isn't it? It is. Um, we do have some local farmers down here that um, definitely give us some really good uh, uh, product, right? such and, as the zucchini blossoms. And often those are hydroponically grown, so it makes it a little bit easier for them to get them on the days that you need them. Yes. So that's modern techniques going into your ingredients. Uh, sunchoke puree. I don't remember that being on too many classical menus. What do you, why are you making a sunchoke puree? Uh, it's kind of like a cross between um, an artichoke. Um, it kind of it t- tastes faintly of artichoke, but mm-hmm. it's it's actually a, a root that grows in the ground. Um, and it's not traditionally used in there, but it's available to you now, and I, I see that you have that on the menu. Yes, exactly. That's, that's breaking those boundaries. I'm going to say this word, uh, beef bourguignon. You say it's just like a French guy there. Very nice. Oh, oui, oui. <laughs> so traditionally, beef bourguignon, a tough cut of meat, usually the chuck, right? Mm-hmm. Braised a long, long time. Uh, you've uh, lightened yours up a little bit. You've changed some of the ingredients. Want to tell us about that? Yes, uh, we still use a, a tough cut of meat, but it's a, a much more rich uh, cut of meat. It's actually a, a beef short rib. Right, beautiful flavor. Yes, it's uh, very, I mean, it, it, it is pretty rich. It's not. Yeah, we're not always talking, <laughs> I'm not talking the superfoods here all the time, but you're just uh, taking it in a different direction. Yeah, it's like the best pot roast you've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it is. Mom didn't used to make pot roast out of uh, short ribs no. like that. I wish she did, though. And then how are you preparing it? Are you uh, braising it? Yeah, we, we braise it out um, traditionally uh, in a red wine uh, veal stock uh, mixture, and we put a bunch of aromatics in it. Um, I mean, the, the braising part of it's pretty traditional. Uh, after that, uh, we use a, um, a uh, cryovac machine to actually portion it out. and um, So that's a vacuum packer. Yes, and so you have individual portions that stops the aging process, that keeps it perfectly fresh, just like it just came out of the braising. In a restaurant, it's hard to take it out of the braising liquid and serve it immediately. It doesn't, mm-hmm. Life doesn't happen that way. Right. Yeah. 
So you cool it down and put it in the uh, sous vide and, or in the uh, uh, vacuum packer, and it puts in like suspended animation until you need it Pretty a much, little bit yes. later. Very good. And then you know, the last couple of ones we're going to talk about here for the modern ingredients, uh, your custom blended beef cuts for hamburger and what looks like would be my favorite truffle mac and cheese. Yeah, I know you like the mac and cheese part. Definitely. Yeah, tell them about the truffle part. So we took mac and cheese and uh, really Frenchified it, huh? Yeah, we, we French it up pretty good. We use a uh, Gruyere cheese, which is a um, really nutty, um, some would say stinky cheese. Um, fragrant. Very, fragrant. Yeah, very, very fragrant. Almost like dirty feet fragrant. But <laughs> 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 Maybe it's not and, my favorite. And, and the truffles. Tell yeah, and then the we then we add a little bit of truffle to it, and it just they, they they're both strong flavors, so they play off each other really truffle well. Truffle is very it's earthy; delicious. it's a fungus that traditionally grows in the roots of the golden oak trees, and used to have uh, dogs and hogs that would find them and dig them up, and they're really really expensive. And you just turn something mac and cheese that's a every college kid has three nights a week into something pretty amazing. Yeah. All right, uh, and just briefly, the modern equipment and modern techniques, uh, the other parts that you were talking about. Uh, Sure. With modern equipment, I brought in a uh, thermal immersion circulator. And turn it's, it on. You can turn it on. You want to turn it yeah, on? Yeah, okay. It's pretty noisy. Right? Hear it? Yeah, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is just a, uh, it's a piece of equipment that chefs have been using since about 1980 and, uh, and more and more into the uh, mainstream of cuisine now. And all it is, is a, it's a tool. It doesn't have a brain. It doesn't do anything. It's just like your knife. If you know how to use your knife, it's amazing. If not, you cut your fingers. If you know how to use the, the thermal immersion circulator, it allows you to cook foods at exactly the temperature that you want to cook them at. So I've got in some uh, lamb shanks. They are sous vide, which means under pressure, like sous chef, under chef. Sous vide is under pressure. They're vacuum packed. They were in a marinade. They're going for about 42 hours and uh, at 140 degrees, so low and slow. You can't turn your oven or your stove on 146 or 140 degrees. It just doesn't work that way. So this allows me to get it exactly the temperature I want so the collagen breaks down, the connective tissues break down, and it will be the most amazingly tender lamb shanks you ever had. And you guys do some uh, some sous viding or you're doing a lot of vacuum packing, but some immersion circulator? Uh, yeah, we do both, actually. Okay. Um, our chicken dish that's on our menu, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a half of a chicken. Uh, we get in whole chickens, and then we break them down, um, and we actually uh, cryovac them in the, the sous vide bag, and we cook them in the water bath, the circulator, at a, you know exact temperature for a certain amount of time. And it just really makes the product way more consistent, and uh, it tends to keep the juices in there and make it a little bit more tender and it's just a, a really good way of preparing certain things yeah, like that. Yeah, you get exactly what you want. I make a chicken salad. I always sous vide the chicken breast and gets the most amazing texture. That's what everybody says. Yeah. How do you get that texture? Oh, it's a very secret. And it doesn't dry out. And <laughs> Never dries out. Yeah. Nothing, no, no loss of moisture, just a perfect thing. So it's just a tool. Again, the modern part is modern equipment, modern tools, and modern uh, techniques. All right, uh, let's uh, take another break and eat. Why not? We have some brie here. We have the challah uh, or egg bread, uh, for those if you don't know. Um, Some chocolate chip cookies that I want to dig into. And we're going to come back uh, with What's Cooking Palm Beach. We're going to get our tale from the chef's table and a question from a listener. And that's all the way after this on What's Cooking Palm Beach. Is the kitchen your favorite room in the house? Does a career doing what you love sound appetizing to you? Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology in West Palm Beach, has your recipe for success. In their campus restaurant, you can train to turn your passion for cooking into a delicious new career. Visit lincolnculinary.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. That's lincolnculinary.com. Visit them today. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach on WJNO. Joel Malkin, Chef David Pantone from Lincoln Culinary Institute. And we have from Pistache French Bistro on Clematis Street in West Palm Beach, Chef Isaac Cerny here with us. And uh, we have your side dish, Chef. This is uh, Tales from the Chef's Table. I can't believe it's not butter. (laughs) But actually, this is I can't believe it is butter. It is butter. So here's the deal. It's about 1982. 
three. By the way, I'm having some more challah. I'm Have some like, challah. I'm like eating the most of it here. I'm going to be bouncing. Or you should put some foie gras on there. See if you like that. So it's 1983. Sure. I'm a culinary student. Saved all my pennies. Me and a bunch of friends went to Paris, went to Lyon, went to France, went to a little bit of Switzerland for two weeks in the summertime, right? Our first meal at a bistro, outside bistro in Paris. Guy puts down the uh, baguette, the French bread, and puts down some butter, and we're waiting to order. And we jump in there because we're just young Turks, you know, and we spread the butter on our bread and eat the butter. And, like, each of us at the same time has this epiphany. It's like, oh, my God, what is that? What? And we started just eating the butter off the plate uh, because it just tasted so amazing. It's the first time I ever had butter, how butter was supposed to really taste. Butter is amazing. When I grew up, it was not amazing. And often we used margarine at my house when I grew up. So I just thought it was like an ingredient. It was just a thing. It was nothing real. Here's me and five other guys eating butter off of our knives in uh, in Paris. And the waiters were saying something and we knew it wasn't positive, but guess what? We didn't really care. Something about the Americans, Americans, and here's us just munching on butter in the middle of Paris. But those kind of epiphanies I remember for all of my life, and that's my advice to you: is be curious, taste everything, just eat the butter, and, and when you when you know good butter, eat some good butter. You have butter all right. from all around the world's available. Uh, I should note I'm not the only one picking out here. Um, chef's been eating as well. Uh, now. Uh, Isaac, you brought this veal dish is, is from the restaurant? The veal dish is from the sous vide circulator that I brought it bought here. Oh, actually, okay. actually, right? Honesty, I bought this at Costco. So how cool is this? This is a, 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 a company called Cuisine Solutions, a bunch of chefs making amazing food with the thermal immersion circulator, French style, Italian style, whatever. Is this good stuff, Chef Isaac? Yeah, it was very good. And available to the American public at Costco. And I actually that's just ate the food a, just, revolution. Just, just ate a bite, and it, and I actually enjoyed it. Gets my seal of approval too. Ding. So picky, okay, I'll call picky, the guys. Uh, picky in eaters nationwide will enjoy it as well. Um, <laughs> your intermezzo. We're getting a question from a listener, Ross from Royal Palm Beach asks, "What does umami mean?" So for hundreds, if not thousands, of years, our friends in in China and in parts of Asia, in Japan have always had and known about umami and called it umami. We have basically four taste sensations, sweet and bitter and salty and sour, and umami is the fifth. In just about the last 30 years, the Western cultures have been accepting umami as a, a full flavor sensation, a full one of our senses of taste. And what it really comes from is um, monosodium glutamate. It's the glutamate that's naturally occurring in seaweeds, in fish fermented products, and it just has a, a different, completely different flavor than anything else, right? Uh, foods that are rich in umami are fish, shellfish, cured meats, mushrooms, some vegetables, a ripe tomato, Chinese cabbage. A couple weeks ago, we talked about fish sauce, and a product I have for us to taste today is called umami salt. When you make the fish sauce, you get the sardines, I'm sorry, not sardines, anchovies. You put them in a big vat like you're making beer or wine, and you layer it with salt for about a year, and the juice that comes out, that's your fish sauce used in Thai food and, and lots of foods from, from that part of the world. But if you scrape the salt from the barrels when it's done, doesn't that sound amazing? You end up with a salt that tastes like the fish sauce. And I think... So let's uh, bring uh, Gabby. Come on over here. Gabby's going to taste the taste fish salt. Stuff. You're going to earn your keep here. So it's going to taste salty and fishy, yeah. but allow the lingering flavor to go up into your sinuses, and that's the umami that we're talking She's about. She's my official taster today. Because you're so picky. I am. Very picky. What do you think? Chef Isaac, is that crazy? That's pretty serious. So uh, I bought a couple gallons of fish sauce, and they threw in the new product, the umami salt, with it for no extra charge. It tastes like something different like not like salt it's still salty but not yeah it's a different sense your brain is saying wait 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 i don't get this 100 yeah. percent." that's good so chefs learn how to take sweet salty sour bitter umami and balance fine. them together fine it's fishy it. salt you'll love it <laughs> <laughs> but it's Look at that face. that's the face we're all, all right. looking for 
But it's the aftertaste. It's, it's the face for radio. To me, it's like mysterious. It goes into my brain and, and turns around in circles. It, my brain tries to figure out what it is. All right. That's what umami is, Ross. All right. Let's take a break while I get some water. Uh, <laughs> we're going to come right back on your dessert, uh, news and events going on around town. What's cooking Palm Beach? We'll be right back after this. Get on your way to a new healthcare career with Lincoln College of Technology. Earn your associate's degree in nursing at their West Palm Beach campus. Learn the skills healthcare employers are looking for and prepare for a new career where you'll have a direct impact on patient care. Their industry contacts can help you launch a new career after graduation. Visit LincolnEDU.com today for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. LincolnEDU.com, student-centered training for careers that build America. Well, welcome back once again as we wrap up What's Cooking Palm Beach, our dessert portion. This is uh, not really dessert, unfortunately, for me. Although we do have the cookies. I'm going to get ready to to break into those uh, chocolate chip cookies. But uh, it is, uh, of course, the um, events and news going on. So some events. Lincoln Culinary, you guys have some new classes starting soon? Starting very soon. If you or somebody you love is passionate about cooking, wants to turn into a career, give me a call. Chef Panto, 1-800-TOP-CHEF. Uh, coming up in a week, a week from today, the Brews and Barbecue Fest. Uh, now, this is going on at the American German Club on Lantana Road. Uh, craft beer, ribs, and chicken, and the second annual Jason Peters Barbecue Ribs and Chicken Cook-Off. I don't need to hear anything more than that, uh, and, and I'm there. And Jason Carnivalized. Peters is a graduate from our program, unfortunately, sadly passed away, and this is in his honor. In his honor. Awesome, awesome. Uh, today's National Butterscotch Brownie Day. National Shrimp Day, and of course tomorrow is Mother's Day, the best wanna, day of the year. Yeah, and we want to remind you. Of course, we uh, have from Pistache French Bistro in West Palm Beach, the Chef de Cuisine. I sound like a pro now. You absolutely. Isaac <laughs> Isaac Something. Cerny is here, and uh, it is a forty nine dollar prefix menu, but so many uh, so many great uh, items on that menu. Choices uh, eleven to three tomorrow for the Mother's Day brunch. Tell me about the omelet. Uh, we're going to be doing a morel mushroom and black truffle omelet. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Morels are usually a, a springtime type mushroom. They're very, very delicious, highly sought after. Uh, we're going to serve ours with some roasted morel mushrooms, a little bit of spinach, some Gruyere cheese, and then we're just going to top it with some fresh shaved uh, black summer truffles. Oh, my God. That's just amazing. And uh, what's in your, your omelet egg mixture? Uh, it's a light mixture, I would say. It's about half egg, half heavy cream. Yeah, very light. What does the word light mean? <laughs> it's about the richest, most luxurious omelet you've ever had. Yeah, very, very velvety and delicious. Beautiful. Chef, we appreciate you being here again. Uh, Isaac Cerny from Pistache French Bistro. Uh, that's on Clematis in West Palm Beach. You can find them, Pistache wpb.com thank you for joining us today on what's cooking palm beach thank you for having me um and join us next week when the chef's daily special will be we've got another great chef from the area eric grutka he's the chef owner of ian's tropical grill all right so until then we will talk to you and happy mother's day mom happy mother's day god bless all of the mothers thank you You've been listening to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Tune in and find out what's cooking Saturdays from 1 till 2 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. If you have any questions or ideas on a topic, please email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. That's P A N T O N E.com. What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology.